November 22, 2023. It's Waff Pedro Show.
Lock for B-Row Show. Happy Wednesday. Start off with John Coltrane. Another live excerpt of that March 2nd, 1963 gig at Birdland. Mr. PC wrote that for Mr. Paul Chambers, great bass man. And then we had, let's see if I get this right, CRDO times XDL, Ghost in the Machine. No, yeah, maybe it's Machine. (laughs) Match one and three. (laughs) And you can tell people probably that voice there lets you know that I'm not in man alone mode because of those software engineers are starting with their scab invention I got with me. Adrian Cervantes. (laughs) Welcome aboard, Adrian. Hello. Yeah, yeah. We've got to give respect first to uh, Randolph for the connect there. Please bring, I'm interested in your journey with music. Uh, Your earliest musical recollection, please, Adrian. My earliest recollection, man. This is, this is a, this is going to take up the whole, uh, the podcast here. (laughs) Ah, We don't use that P word, but that's okay. All right. All right. My bad. (laughs) <laughs> thanks for letting me know <laughs> sorry right. right. so uh my earliest musical recollection well i don't come from a very uh musical family per se but um i guess my my earliest musical memory is i think one time i was at a, at a, at a costco and i was i think i was probably like seven years old okay and i'm i find a piano they always got the most random shit at costco and so i'm there's a piano there and i just start jamming out on this piano wow and like volume completely up okay i'm like six (laughs) or seven years old a crowd of people are just like watching me completely mess around on this piano and I think that's like the the earliest. Uh, you know what? That might have been probably... your first gig. Yeah, so I was gonna say <laughs> that's probably my first like live impro- improvisation. <laughs> yeah. That's a trip. That's a trip. Now you're saying not quite a musical situation at home, so there's no like instruments in the pad. You have to go to the Costco. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. I didn't. I didn't grow up with instruments around me. Uh, I only saw them in store shelves. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me let let me ask you about school. Were you in the marching band or the choir, shit like that? No, I I so I grew up as a my my brother started off as a violin player. Yeah, and um, I, as the younger brother, it was like my duty to just like one up him on that. Yeah. So I <laughs> so I I played the cello. I actually actually I started off on violin. Okay. Um, in about fourth grade. Played it for two years, decided I hated it, yeah. and they off they were like, "We need a cellist in this orchestra." So I I was like, "Yeah, I want to play that because it's bigger." Yeah, and <laughs> uh, so then I find myself playing cello and I stick with it for till till now actually, and that's yeah. So I was in I've been in orchestras and symphonies probably uh, was most of my performing career. Whoa, okay, and uh, what was the first record you bought with your own money? The first record I bought with my own money is um, okay. Well, there's two things to this. Okay, the the first record I bought with my parents' money <laughs> was <laughs> uh, yeah, my it was uh, Neutral Milk uh, Hotels, fucking uh, in the aeroplane over the sea. Oh yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, hip, yeah, I was a little hipster kid in middle school. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, 
that was like that was like the indie record that all the all the cool kids played and um then i i think at the same time i also bought miles davis's uh, kind of blue oh those two the and that's with my parents money and then um that's got paul the, chambers and also last record with john coltrane yeah yeah and then uh, the, the last record I bought with my first, like, job and I had my own money was, um, damn, what, what was that that I bought? Oh, it was uh, Harumi Hosono's uh, Hosonova. Is what oh, it's yeah. Called. Man, what? Yeah. How'd you get hip to that? And man, I, I was in, I don't know, like, I, I kind of grew up on the the internet and like in online circles. So, um, Cats, we're talking about it. All right. See, there, and, there is a good side to the internet people. It's not just used for yeah. spread lies and hate. It can be also for like getting turned on to righteous music. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I just, I'd go straight up surfing on YouTube and, uh, you know, that fast paced, I listen to 10 seconds of a record, decide it's cool. And I just add it to my library, and I probably never listen to it again. But, <laughs> you know, I, I I know ten seconds of this record, and I know it exists. So you know, that's something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you mean. Uh, what about the first gig you saw? First gig I saw. This is kind of embarrassing, but um, besides all the gigs, I was forced to see um, in elementary school where they had like little groups coming. Uh, perform like theater, like theater, uh, theater and stuff like that. Yeah. The the first actual like gig I went to, it was a Lindsey Sterling concert of all things. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> That's all right, man. A lot of times you don't pick that stuff like that just happens. Yeah. I'm, I'm just curious, you know, because everybody's got a first gig, right? You can only <laughs> have it once. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you know. After school, not graduating, but in the afternoon. Now, I know you're with the, the school band and stuff, doing the cello and all that, but did you get into, like, the bedroom band, basement band, garage band thing with your friends? I mean, so I'm a member of the, the Eugene Difficult Music Ensemble with Lee. As, oh, yeah. As you, you mentioned at the beginning. Sure. So that, you know, that's kind of my underground bedroom scene right now, actually. But did you have one back in the school days? Uh, I'm still in uh, college right now, and uh, well, I meant more school. like the, like when you were surfing the internet and doing that stuff. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Uh, no, I I think most of back then was just like I was on the stage, you know, the the more formal performance stage, like the the symphony hall or just my school's theater. Uh, theater slash concert hall it was kind of, that was kind of my the most underground it got for me because it like i went i grew up in a uh i went to a title one school so they didn't have that much money so like 10 people would show up to the concerts because it'd be like at 7 p.m and parents got to work so like they would they just couldn't come to the shows oh. so that that was i guess if you want to consider that an underground gig <laughs> well no <laughs> i was, was thinking more of this thing like where it's like People your own age after school, you know, in the afternoon, they just want to start. Somebody's got a drum set, somebody's got a bass amp, somebody's got a guitar amp, a guitar, you know, somebody's got an organ or something. That's what I was talking about, more like that. Yeah, 
No, I get. I think I'd say no for that. Okay. For that yeah, you know, look, it's one of the reasons why I do this show. I, I, I want to show people that music comes from all different kinds of uh, uh, pathways, you know. Everything leads to now. And mm-hmm. I haven't had two people on this show that's had the exact kind of adventure some other cat has. So it's okay. There's no wrong answers <laughs> to that question. Uh, you gave me this music here, uh Shoplifter, spelled kind of trippy. Yeah. On your own. Let me play that right now. Three, two, one, play. You could spend your dollar on this, or you can spend it on this. This, or this. This, or any of these 10 delicious items on Taco Bell's new dollar more value
That was fun. <laughs> I like that. That was fun. <laughs>
for Pedro show that ch- chunk of music star with Adrian Cervantes doing shoplift after that J.D. Pincus tall tall trees doing ponder machine J.D. Pincus used to do bass for butthole surfers he's now uh, on banjo uh, Jim O'Rourke Henry Kaiser John Oswald and Mari Kubora with warm gray to pale yellow and that's gray with uh, spelled with an E Jess Joy My Body Marnie Stern The Natural BXMR, Eve's Naval. That's uh, Brother Bruno. He was on the show last week. Position Normal, uh, Whistle Conversion, Part 8 of 10. Circus Devils, Bob Pollard, Side Proj, Vanina, Vanini. <laughs> this is CRDO, Brother Adrian here, his Proj. Y la mayor de todas es ver la vida como es no ya. No como debería ser. Okay, something from last year. Back to your journey. So uh, t- tell me about this song, Shoplifter. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm a composer by uh, trade, which I guess means that I write, sh- I make sheet music for my pieces. And uh, the, the way I do it is I, I got an interesting thing. The way I make my music is I'll, I'll use these things called graphic scores. Ah, yeah. And with that, with, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you know all about Well, I've had some cats on the show that they've talked about yeah. this. It's, it's, uh, let's tell the listeners. It's a new way. You understand when a composer, a cat who creates music, he has to, you know, bring this over to the musicians who are going to play it. So in the old days, it was kind of this way of putting, uh, I think it came out of Italy because a lot of the terminologies in Italian, it's probably from the opera days. So uh, there was a way of explaining the the cat's music to the people who are going to play it through this kind of conventions using uh, 
Italian words, uh, notes on staffs. But that got kind of old-fashioned for more modern kinds of ways of, uh, you know, uh, composing music. And so other ways of transmitting what the composer, the uh, cat who came up with the piece, can get to the people who are going to execute it. So tell them about your way, Adrian. Yeah, so so my way of doing that is instead of using like a digital program to make um, my sheet music, I'll actually do physical paintings. And these paintings will like also have instructions for um, the performance of them. So like I'll, I'll put a big painting in front of um, eight of my friends, uh, which was that that piece was being performed by the Eugene Difficult Music Ensemble, uh-huh. and everyone in there is my friends. These are like my closest friends performing this right now. Yeah, and um, actually, no, wait, wait. I think I did that recording with uh, Austin Rich and um, Austin Rich um, just gave me some music uh, from his uh, yeah mini mutilations project. Mutations, many yeah. mutations, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think I'm recording in that with uh, with Austin Rich and um, yeah, yeah. So that 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 piece was recorded live with them, not by the Eugene Difficult Music Ensemble. Okay. But anyways, there's this painting that we I, I brought three paintings, put them in front of us, and they got like Yu-Gi-Oh cards on them. It's like that are like cut up and pasted on there. And there's like these really abstract backgrounds on them, and each one's unique. So not it's like kind of like sheet music in that way, where every person has their own part, right? And it's notated, yeah. And um, so I, I can just make like ten of this in this series called Shoplifter, yeah. Uh, which the you know that the name is actually kind of interesting. Uh, the the name I the original inspiration for this piece was. Um, I grew up around stores a lot. Like I mentioned, I went to Costco. Sure. So I, a lot of times outside of these retail places, I'd like find piles of uh, Yu-Gi-Oh cards and Pokemon cards just like on the ground. And it's like happened an interesting amount of times to the point that it's kind of weird. And like the only thing I can think of is some kid was probably stealing and like they just <laughs> ended up on the floor. Yeah. And you know, like I said, I was raised online, so I just got curious one day and Googled that. <laughs> I Googled, like, put Yu-Gi-Oh cards in, in parking lot or something ridiculous like that. And I, like, went on an, a, a browsing spree where I then started looking up, like, shoplifting and stuff around shoplifting. And I stumbled, you know, of all things, I stumbled upon a porn website that was <laughs> okay. literally all about, like search, like, search downs and stuff like that. And I thought, this is what I love about the internet. It's like I started off with Yu-Gi-Oh cards right. and ended up at this like th- this this pornography website. And I thought, you know, this is a great title for this work. Um, so that's where the name comes from. And, you know, like I mentioned, the, the paintings themselves have Yu-Gi-Oh cards on them. And the, there's a few instructions that go along with it, but um, it's not as important. It's pretty improvisational. <laughs> and what about painting? Did you learn uh, painting in school? No, no. So, oh, so you're okay, autodidact. Okay. Yeah. And it was <laughs> kind of a means to an end. You wanted to get away, uh, get a a means to get your music to the people who are going to play it with you. Yeah, 
Okay. Yeah, like I, I can't compose like in notation softwares, which is what they use to like write the 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 staves and stuff like that. Right, uh, right. Instead of writing it pen to paper, and you know, I thought it was interesting because like a brush and paint is the same thing as that like pen and paper. Yeah. And so that's kind of that's a little bit of where that idea came from to start moving to to doing paintings instead of using notation software. Also, instrumentation has changed from those days, right? Everything's not woodwinds, yeah. And, and yeah, you have electronic stuff. You have how do you com- how do you use the old way of notation for that? You know? No, exactly. This is a one of the biggest things, and my favorite thing about graphic scores yeah. is how accessible they are to everybody. Okay, and like the the thing I like, especially being as part of this ensemble, um, the that like we often will play stuff that's composers are scoring for like electronics and stuff. And the electronics have to be pretty improvisatory. Cause like, you're right. How do you write for that? Right. Right. And so, so the thing I love about graphic scores and the reason why so many of my pieces have lots of improvisatory nature is that like, it lets those instruments that like even considering guitar pedals as instruments like that, it, it lets those instruments have a, have a space where they can perform to just just alongside like the cello or the violin yeah yeah and uh actually you get some probably what do do we call it uh, fortunate accidents yeah there's some there's some beautiful moments in those in these pieces sometimes um and you know in this this piece specifically um austin was playing some um I don't. I think he was using uh, some electronic stuff, and so was the other person. And I, I think I was playing the, the cello on there for a bit. And it's just really interesting to have that, like, that combination of instruments that's going on at the same time. <laughs> and this, uh, uh, I don't know, moniker CRDO. What's this stand for? Oh yeah, CRDO is a uh, credo. Ah, credo with the, the vowels. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And people credo is sort of like what you stand for and stuff. Yeah, I mean it's a uh, I a lot of my music taste kind of comes from the the vaporwave scene. What's that? What's um, vaporwave? Vaporwave is this um it started off as like an internet meme probably in around uh I think Damn, when did Vectroid release Mac Macintosh Plus? 2011, 2013? And they're, they're a Portland, Oregon-based artist. And it's basically this genre of music characterized by, like, samples from 80s pop music. Yeah. And um, they're, like, slowed down a lot of the times. And they have all these really, like, pretty, pretty simplistic uh, effects put on them that um at least to start off with um eventually the genre gets more complex and like there's like ambient vaporwave and stuff like that but um to start off it's just like slowed down samples with lots of reverb put on them and the uh, the art that goes along with them is just as important as the music and that because you know that this uh, this type of genre is so influential for me um Again, I get that like sort of mixing, like 
breaking the boundaries of uh, art and music from this genre because the, 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 the pictures are just as cool as the music and are just as important to understanding the music as the mu- understanding the music for the pictures. And so like a lot of these artists will have um, monikers or secrets like uh, pseudo pseudo names that they'll use. And I just thought Credo fit. <laughs> so that's where that project name comes no, from. No, I think you're on to something. You know, when I think of that, do you, are you aware of this movie, uh, Orson Welles, uh, the, the, the Third Man? I've heard of it. Well, it's got the zither music. You cannot separate that music from that film. You know, and, yeah. and, and you know, it's all artistic expression anyway. Why should there be walls in between? You're totally right. Yeah, I mean, that's the way I feel. My, my best friend, Raymond Pettibone, you know, the, I always thought we were kind of, you know, just like I was on bass and he was maybe on the drums. But it was a, yeah, ink and pen. But for some reason, because the gatekeepers say, no, no, this is different. Ah, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're at the end of the first hour, November 22, 2023. And this what so special guest, Adrian Serantis. Hold time for hour two. November 22nd, 2023. It's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
Watch for Pedro Show. Start off the second hour with Credo doing Pa. I think it was during the same, because uh, it's got the same date as that other Credo song we heard last hour. The 1164s. There's uh, right there, Travis. Uh, Normal Man. Austin, rather. What am I saying, Travis? Fuck. Normal Man. Uh, whatever that is. Austin, uh, anti-industry after that was Synergetic Tremors. Platypop out of Goose Shatter. Gave me the CD, a New York City gig tour I just did. And then finally, Adrian Cervantes, NBC. 540-99-9002. I don't know what those numbers mean, but they, they must have some significance. Hip us to that, Adrian. <laughs> yeah, so NBC stands for uh, Natural Born Citizen. And um, this, this is also one of those uh, graphic score painting pieces that I've composed um, that, you know, the uh, my my family, I'll, I'll get this is going to be a long story, but right. I promise there's a <laughs> I promise there's a means to an end here. Uh, my great grandparents came to the United States as part of the Bracero program in the 1940s. Yeah. And they, they my great grandfather was one of the first people from um my from the little ranch I'm from in Mexico um from the to be the first people to come from that ranch to Oregon and as part of that program and that kind of like planted roots for my family to migrate over uh my grandparents and parents came um at the same time when that happened and soon after they came around 1995 I think and um pretty soon after that um, I was born, and of course, my parents were migrants, and I was given um, immediate c- citizenship um, because I was what what the federal government now calls as a natural born citizen. Right. And my parents had to go through this painstaking process of um, getting their papers. Um, the Bracero program helped them a lot with that because of the roots that um, had been planted because of it. Right. Um, but um, it's still a hell of a progress process even then. Um, and, you know, I was reflecting on that a lot with this, uh, composition of paintings and the, those numbers you talked about, those, um, are actually so like it's, it's not, it's layered like a social security number. Yeah. I was uh, going to say, cause and I, I, I think that's interesting that, you know, you get this number attached to you immediately when you're given this, not this citizenship. And like that, it's just this representational number of your identity in some ways. And um, the paintings, the last number in the paintings is so that zero two in the last four numbers. Right. Uh, it's the it corresponds to the, which painting that is in the series. So this okay. is the second painting I've done for this composition, but I have four other ones that I've done. Whoa, and whoa. those ones will end in nine zero zero three four sure. five and six respectively. What about this tune uh, under Credo? Credo, pa. Yeah. So um, the little ranch I'm from in Mexico, pa, pa is like my what we used to call my grandfather, and so I, I I don't come from a musical background, okay? But the the little ranch that I'm from in Mexico, they the they like music is just kind of different there like it's an activity they do on the streets at like 10 p.m when they're all drunk 
and so the guitars are out of tune and people are singing they, they're they're singing corridos like ballads oh, yeah. Mexican ballads and um they're just having fun they're having a great time talking about their days and stuff like that and they don't really care about any sort of systems and structures in place other than the fact that they're that they're enjoying themselves and discussing the stuff that's like been going on in their lives and my grandfather was known in my town for having this great voice and being able to play the guitar and a few days before he had passed away in 2018 um, someone on the streets had recorded this video of him singing the song um, and what I did is like I took that video from they uploaded it to YouTube and I took that video from YouTube sampled it and put it in this song pause which is what you was just what you're hearing it it's this vapor waved processed um version of a recording of my grandfather a few days before he passed away wow that's interesting it kind of document yeah but you know that's what yeah <laughs> that's what works are in a way they're kind of a document of a place in time a feeling uh yeah really interesting you gave me a here's another credo tune uh nascimento let's listen Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me.
from Pedro Show, that chunk of music started Credo doing Nacimiento, then L7, this is the one with the letters, not the number, uh, out of uh, Michigan, not Southern California, uh, rapping to Larissa, she's great, uh, She's we lost her a few years ago, but uh, she was in a band called Laughing Hyenas too, incredible, uh, M.B. Jones after that, and Ray Sapay. Sapiens, not like Tony Stark. This is draft one. I guess they're still developing. Uh, Jeff Bishop and Damon Smith after that with Uni Device. Ray Shin with Carrie in the Funeral Limo. And finally, La Paz, Corrido, Peace. It, or, or it's a town too, right, La Paz? Yeah. All right. Uh, you want to enlighten us to anything about uh, what, I mean, when, when you're uh, making music as Credo, how's it different than making music as Adrian Cervantes? It's not really. Yeah, that's mean, what I thought. Or, <laughs> yeah, no, like I, I use the alias, right? But that's yeah. kind of the, the that's kind of because that's what you do in the genre. Like you don't really, I wouldn't make vaporwave music as Adrian Cervantes because then I wouldn't really be making vaporwave music, um, and. So the, 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 the name is just like something I kind of had to do. And the, the way the vaporwave is this process of like sampling and adding effects and taking it's, it's very heavy on this, the sampling. And um, what I'll often do is take materials, um, samples from like media that I loved as a child or like stuff that I associate with childhood and nostalgic stuff. Um, video games or old internet memes that I loved. And, you know, I'll put that into my, into my music as credo. And I'll do the same thing on my paintings is there. 
they're, they're paintings, but they're actually collage works. So I'll take um, comic books and I'll cut them up that I like old DC and Marvel comic books that I bought from garage sales as a kid. And I'll, I'll cut them up and use that stuff and as materials for my, um, for my notation, quote unquote, <laughs> on my paintings for my compositions. And they'll be like, like I'll even, I think recently I've been using Pokemon cards, these fake bootleg gold Pokemon cards. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not like, you know, that's the same. It's the same, really. Well, let, 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 you know, it's making me think of, tell me if I'm out of base, uh, out of bounds here, but I'm thinking of uh, Marcel Duchamp. You know, he's had these things called ready-mades. And like he took a pisser and he signed it R. Mutt. So like he couldn't put Marcel Duchamp there, right? Because that was the point yeah. of saying anything. I, I say this is art, so because it's got an artist's name on it. <laughs> is that kind yeah, of no. kind of similar? You were right on the money because you know that. Here's the really interesting, the most interesting part of that work for me is when Brian Eno takes a piss on it. Yeah. Okay. He like he he returns it back to, from this art object to to like an actual functional piece. And, you know, it's so interesting because it goes from it, it walks the spectrum of like who where does that piece of artwork go from being an artwork to um, just a, a piece of um, functional things. And like instruments are the exact same way. Yeah. Like it's like this. The, the, the only reason that a piano is is we don't question whether it's a piano is like because there's so much history and there's so much culture constantly that's been reinforcing the piano as this instrument we we just don't question it but we wouldn't call it like a uh a, a, a paper holder because some people like right they use yeah. it for a thing to stack yeah. papers it's, on <laughs> it's completely cultural based like <laughs> right some, maybe someone does walk into a piano room and they're like these are paper holders <laughs> you know like what, that's like, great Adrian. that's <laughs> great look we're at the end of the second hour november 23 no 22nd what don't lose that day. 2023. This is Juan Pedro, special guest, Adrian Cerrantes. Hold tight for hour three. November 22nd, 2023. Third hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
clickbait.
gonna burst soon if I can't pinch my pinch. I got the wiggle at the wheel. 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 Got the wowie wow
Chinese lady, aluminum foil. She likes to wear a protective layer underneath her shirt. Sometimes she wears a bonnet held in place with rubber bands. Her ankles are covered in aluminum foil to protect her from the invasion of the Martians and the radiation. She likes to put foil into her nostrils. Chinese lady with aluminum foil. She never Chinese 
Watch for Pedro Show, start off third hour. It's like we start off the show. Big old uh, collab here. Uh, Credo and XDL with Ghost to the Machine doing It's a Huge Scorpion with Evil Soul slash Rebel B Limitation Zone slash Death Counterwork. It's, yeah. Noisuke after that brand new Wiggle at the Wheel. Tobin Sprout, Gravel Away. A collection of odds and ends from him. Hillmore Flames, Driving While Cool. Carnage Asada, Chinese Lady Aluminum Foil. That's out of here, SoCal. Brother Steve Reed on the drums. And finally, Adrian Cervantes, entering my new era. Multiple. So, you're entering multiple new eras. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I mean, how important are titles? Where, where do they come in the process? At the end, in the middle, at the beginning? You know, I think... For everything I've done so far, I think I can safely say the names have come from the end, but like very at the end of the process. Okay. And the thing is, is like I, I often collaborate a lot for my stuff, um, whether that be with the person with one person or like me literally putting the track on Instagram and asking people what they would call this and like picking which one I like from there. And um, and you don't need know these people, right? There's just random cats. Yeah, but, back. it'll be friends sometimes, and it'll just be random people too. And it's I, I love and I love having like including other people in the process of naming something. Yeah, because uh, yeah, and the names just like sometimes when I collaborate with people, like for the the Ghost in the Machine album is a collaboration. Yeah, what about the first piece friends. that I played on the third hour here with uh, all the different parts? What, what, what was that collaboration made of? Yeah. Um, is that the the um, Credo XDL one you're referring to? Yes, which, yes, which, yes. Uh, yeah, so the, the way we divided this uh, track is I did three tracks, he did three tracks, and then the uh, other three tracks were collaborate collaborative um tracks and some like the the way we like the process of making this album was we took color gradients random color gradients and we used them as inspiration for the tracks um and obviously understanding that not that people are going to have different associations with the color it was just like this procedural thing and the name um of that project um kind of just came like the this whole album is tied with this uh with creepy pastas i'm not sure if you're familiar with creepy pastas creepy pastas no that's new for me yeah (laughs) (laughs) there's these they're these internet uh folklore um 
interesting stories that are that are fake. And you ever heard of Slender Man? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, there's controversy over Slender Man is a is probably the most famous creepypasta. And um, so growing up, because I was raised online, like I was, I would always watch a bunch of video games, uh-huh. uh, videos, and like playthroughs of Pokemon games. And somehow, for some, for whatever reason, these internet folklore um, pieces often are about video games. And people will make like whole whole on uh, video games based off of these stories, and you can like watch them, and they have their own music and stuff like that. So this album is kind of based off of these vi- these specific video game creepy pastas that me and Owen grew up. Me and my friend uh, Owen, who is XDL, okay. um, grew up with playing. Uh, and yeah, like we kind of got the ghost in the machine idea because. Um, there's, I forget, I forget what Ghost in the Machine refers to. Well, but, um, uh, it, synchronicity, something Carl Jung, and and yeah. then that, that that bass player Sting <laughs> kind of connected them yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the world's a trip. But, but but you're saying in a way, this stuff is informed by kind of a culture, an internet culture. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, really interesting. Okay, I, I, I want to play uh, last chunk of music here. You got uh, some more Credo. And, and also collab with your buddy XDL. Let's listen.
Thank you.
night is drifting and Sunday morning's lifting. You better put down your guitar. But I just want to
Lot for Pedro Show Last Music for this edition. Start chunk off with Credo doing Um Conte El Aguien Pero No Lo Reconozca. Let's see, I do my fucking lame ass wero. Espanol. I'm trying, though. Uh, it's beautiful language. Uh, Post Homo Hubris Jazz after that side four excerpt. This came from uh, Randolph. Brother Randolph. Jeffrey Clark in the River's Edge Quintet doing Swan, which is a Roshi Jose per a performance. And then Ghost in the Machine intro. Credo and uh, XDL, Ghost in the Machine. Uh, Aswan Ghost TV? Ghost V? I don't know if I got that right. Goes to the machine intro, I guess. A really short piece. Maybe I got the sequence of all these pieces. I I, I don't know how I uh, came up with where we played about during the show, but <laughs> yeah. I love it. Okay, maybe it was a <laughs> random thing. I don't know how that how I came up with how I did, but yeah. Well, I love what you gave me, and I'm curious, what's next? What's next? Yeah. Um, right now, I'm working on a. I got at the University of Oregon where I'm at. I'm exhibiting first week of winter term in like three or four weeks. I'll I'll be doing my first like actual art show um, where I'll have my paintings uh, just in like a corner of a room. Like it's it's like there's five artists and I just have one wall. But I'm doing uh, I'll be showing a bunch of paintings there. So it'll be the first time that like people will see the visuals at the same time they're seeing or hearing the music, because I'm going to play some of the audio. Like the the NBC recording that I sent you um, will be playing there, too. And I'm going to try and have some live performances, but we'll see how that happens with that. So your your first art show is actually the exhibition of your, of your scores. Yeah, exactly. And they're going to hear it at the same time. Okay, what, you're going to have, like, some kind of loop set up or where it's continually playing? Yeah, that's the plan, I think. Okay, were you part of the... Uh, in the fall, they had a, uh, a difficult music festival, right? Yeah. Were you just part of that? I was. Okay. I was just How'd it go? It went great. We had lots of composers. Uh, yeah, yeah. I played a lot of really interesting music. I'm excited because uh, I also do the the uh, interviews as part of the EDME Radio Hour with with Lee. Yeah. And uh, I'm really excited to like after performing. Um, their works now get to like go interview them um, and just ask them a bunch of questions and they're really cool music and you know their processes and stuff it's it's truly like a blessing to that I get such I get access to such um, such great people in uh, the, those interviews and they they like all the the stuff they share with me like um, is always really informative of my work and I think of it I think of them as always like mentors in that way or collaborators, even though they're not listed as collaborators on my albums, because how could I list everyone who's ever had an influence on me, you know? Yeah, but, you're, you're uh, talking like inspiration and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and would you say, and there's probably big age differences in location, geography, nationality, stuff like this, but don't matter, right? Would you say there's kind of a scene? Yeah, yeah. I, I would for sure say there's, there's, there's definitely... Um, People do completely different things all the time, but yeah. there's, it all kind of exists on the spectrum, but like, 
there's definitely some idea and thematic concepts that I've seen come up over and over again. And like they, they kind of um, all like, they all work to build this, this, this culture of like what contemporary composition um, is kind of informed by. Would, would so you say kind of like, like converge? Yeah, I would say that. So people, <laughs> they got their own worlds going, parallel universes in this, but then they kind of intersect too at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like, um, so in a way, yeah, like all, your future plans is based on like how things are going and what you're hearing and stuff. Because these people, you say, kind of contribute to what you're bringing. So, yeah, it's uh, like the whole idea of improvisation, I guess. Who goes first? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've always seriously. I've always been tripping on that that, that kind of uh, dynamic, like who goes first and who's the listener first. Uh, trippy. Maybe yeah. taking turns is the best way to do it. I don't know. But you know what? <laughs> I'm going to put the invite right out here to you, Adrian. Uh, you get some more pieces uh, recorded and stuff. Can we have you back on the show and you can we can play it and talk about it? For sure. Ah, always. thank you so much. Love it. Love it. Love it. Can't wait to hear what next. For uh, whatever sombrero you're wearing, the Adrian uh, Cervantes or the the Credo one, or the collabs too, <laughs> man. I can't wait. Bring it, please, <laughs> yeah. when you're ready. People, it's been the November 22nd, 2023, and just watch Pedo Show. Keep your powder dry.